Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson, and I'm here with Joseph Tillman. How are you, Joseph? Man, I'm, I'm doing well. This is we, the last one of this stuff. I mean, we got to answer all these questions. There's, there's so m- many more questions. There's so many questions. Why did you write so many questions? I had so many questions. Well, fine. That's why I wrote them. All right, I'll answer. I mean, I guess if I had so many questions, it doesn't mean I have to actually write them all down. That's okay. We'll get through them. Cool. I. First off, go to Patreon, $5. Click all the buttons around the things. Like, subscribe, download, you know, the rest. Uh, just do it. And then, um, yeah, we'll be getting started with the rest of this whole topic immediately right now. Here we go. Okay, so do you ever feel like people make fun of you for your convictions as a pastor? Yeah, well, I guess I would say that there's maybe times where people think my convictions stem from being a pastor, but where they really stem from as being a Christian. Okay, but but even Christians think that my convictions are just because I'm a pastor, right? And the reality is, it's much deeper than that for me. It's not just my pastoral role; it's I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I, so I don't think I get judged or made fun of a lot for again for being a pastor. I mean, it does happen some. I think we mentioned some of those examples earlier, but I, I do think that. They people misinterpret convictions at times, thinking it stems from being a pastor. When in reality, it stems from just, just even if I was not a pastor, just as a Christian, this is how I would want to live. Hmm. Do you ever feel like you could just say "fuck it" and do whatever you want? Wow. Oh <laughs> no. I. Uh, have I have I considered quitting before? Yes. Just to, just because of you get tired um, at times, um, or it just becomes difficult. Yes, but I think most people probably experience that in their vocations, their jobs. Um, but have I ever wanted to quit just so I can just go crazy? <laughs> no, that's never never crossed my mind. Never, not one time. Uh, uh-uh. never. Okay. Yeah. So like, people must not be that bad. Well, yeah, people are not like again ha, has have there been challenging difficult seasons pastoring that has made me just want to say, you know what? I don't want to be a pastor anymore. I'll go do X Y and Z instead. Yeah, that's happened. But I'm, we're, we're talking about expectations but, of you as a person and Yeah. Stuff. But have I ever been like this is too much. I just want to do whatever I want to do. No, that's never happened. Okay. Because uh, I mean, because again, it's not just about me being a pastor. I, I don't, I don't live life the way I live life because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a Christian. So has there never been like one, one day where you're just like, screw it. And you go to a liquor store and buy one of everything and bring it all home and sit there and just don't even open it <laughs> no, <never. laughs> or take what, like nothing's happened like that. Like never. No. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Fine. <laughs> Guess you're just better than the rest of us. Well, no. Uh, no. <laughs> it's not because I'm better than anybody. Right. Sure. 
Okay. Does the idea of whether it's true or not, something hurting your reputation, is that something that you think about often? Like, or that you're worried about, or, you know, like whether yeah. whether the person who is accusing you of something is lying or not, or you actually did something. Like, do you worry about yourself doing something? Do you worry mm-hmm. about other people lying about you? Or do you worry about just being, just having your reputation in question at all for whatever reason? Yeah, sure. No, that's fine. What a good, good question. Um, do I... Do I think often about the, you know, or am I concerned about my reputation um, being ruined or tarnished? Um, yeah, because I, I, I do, I am concerned to a degree with that. Because, you know, just like it said in First Timothy 3, you know, one must have a good reputation among outsiders as well as, as those inside and the church. And so I think. I think one's reputation does matter because, like we talked about earlier, like if your if your reputation takes a hit, it is as a pastor. If it takes a moral hit, mm-hmm. as a pastor, that it 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 becomes much more difficult than to have legitimacy while you're preaching or teaching, right? And and so that is. So does do I think about it? Yeah, I do think about it. Um, does it haunt me? I don't know if it haunts me completely, but do I want to make sure that that I, I I'm probably mindful with the way I say things, and and I'm probably mindful with the way that I do things, and sometimes it is not just because I'm a Christian, but because. I want to make sure that I'm doing right as a pastor. Mm-hmm. So again, I think most of like my basic moral compass is gear is is directed because I'm a Christian. But I do think there's times where I'm checking my language, I'm checking my interactions with people, I'm checking my temper because I want to make sure that I am handling things well as a pastor and, and that my reputation is is intact and. And I think this is why, for me, it's why things like confession are so important. Because if there's no skeletons in the closet, in other words, if you're confessing the things that you're struggling with dealing with, I find then in that place you're, you're not haunted as much. Okay. You know, in other words, so if I'm if if I'm struggling with unforgiveness towards someone or offense towards someone, if I'm struggling with lust, or if I'm struggling with anger, then if if I'm talking about those things to someone, like it's 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 out loud, it's out there, it's you know, then I feel like you know I'm kind of doing my part with keeping things in the light, um, and I don't really worry about it as much. It's but I do think if things are being done, if they're hidden and, and being done in secret that's when, to me, that's like when things can, um, those are things you got to be concerned will come out and really hurt your reputation. Mm -hmm. So are you ever envious of regular, not pastor church people? Yeah. And how they don't have to live in glass house like you do? Sometimes. Okay. Um, Sometimes I think it's easier. Okay. Um, You know, sometimes I'm just like, man, 
wouldn't it be nice sometimes just to come in, sit in church? Right. Just I'm just there, man. <laughs> just a participant. And you're there and then you're out. Right. Yeah. There's no expectations on you. Mm-hmm. And that and obviously no expectations. I mean, but like if you're just if you're just going there and you're you're attending, yes, they yes, you need to do the things to follow the Lord and those kind of things. But yeah, the expectations I think are way less. There's a lot less eyes on you. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably the the expectation levels not as high, and there's just not as many eyes on you. And um, I'm fully aware that as pastor, but this is you know this is but this is any leader deals with this. But I, I know as a pastor, there's probably a nuanced part of that because of the moral part mm-hmm. that's so embedded in in us as as pastors, and and so and, and again, rightfully so, according to the standards, listen to First Timothy three. So, do I think that um, it can like, and sometimes can it be exhausting? Yeah, it can be. And there are those moments you're like. <sighs> to just come and just sit and be right to be part of the church and not pastoring the church, yeah. Sometimes that sounds that sounds pretty cool, um, but I also know what I'm called to, mm-hmm. and so I would never be okay just being a just like I would never be okay not functioning in my calling. If if I'm not functioning in my calling, I would just be going crazy, and so. It's worth, it's worth the price, I guess. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. It's worth the price. But yeah, there are moments where you're just tired and you're just like, oh man, can I just show up today? Mm-hmm. Or let me be honest about this. Or man, can I just skip today? Right. Like, I skip a lot. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> but you know, like, can I just miss today? Right. Right. And um, and so, you know, they're like, there's the, you know, there's the, you know, Tom's like, do I have to go to church today, babe? And she's like, yeah, you're the pastor. You got like, you got to show up. And Can um, you do it <laughs> exactly. You fell in for me. And uh, but no, I, so I do think get the kids to do it. <laughs> our oldest is old enough now. Let him yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but yeah, I do think that um, I do think there's those moments where you're just yeah. I mean, because like if you're just if you're just a person coming and attending the church. And you you miss a Sunday, like no one's losing their mind over it. Um, not a big deal. And, and obviously, I have Sundays off. Like I'm given a few Sundays off a year, and and, and I'm thankful for that. Um, just to have a, a, a break or reprieve, or to visit family, or mm-hmm. to to do something with my family, or whatever it may be. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, so those. But yeah, I think every pastor feels those things. Does anyone ever judge you or look at you weird because of how you dress or upkeep your physical appearance or anything like that? Years ago, I used to always preach barefoot. Okay. And I was rebuked for that. Really? Yep. Why? Um, And their perspective was that I would turn people away preaching barefoot. Um. And so because of the stench, <laughs> probably <laughs> so, and uh, and and so uh, so I stopped doing it. Um, and maybe that's just part of me needing to grow up anyway, I don't know, but um, but yeah, and then there's times where you know you're 
Like there's times I think about it. Like, well, am I am I dressed well enough? Mm-hmm. Um, am am I dressed too down, too too dressed up? You know, um, and so so yeah, I think I think a, appearance and that kind of stuff can come into play, but I don't think it's I don't think it's as big of a deal. Like most people are not talking about your appearance, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, like you're like you're what you're wearing or that kind of stuff. That's at least in my experience, that's really not been a big deal. You know, I mean, every once in a while, you maybe you hear a comment of, "Hey, the shirt's pretty wrinkled today." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have time to iron it. You know, <laughs> but I'm glad to be here, and so. Um, and uh, so, I mean that—that's you know, but that was years ago that happened. And so, uh, I mean, those things can happen, but I, it's not a—it's not a very common thing. Is there a feeling of my tr- my pastor needs to be attractive ever at church or good looking? And have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I think that as a seven. Max. <laughs> wow, I'm being rated now. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, wait till I lose a little bit of weight now. Anyway, um, but do do I think that it matters to people, or it? I do think it matters to some people, yes. Does it matter to you? Do you feel like you need to be physically fit and good-looking as a pastor? Well, if you look at me right now, you probably, you know, <laughs> tell I'm not all that worried about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I, I, think, I think for me, the reality is if you look, if you look around – and I'm generally speaking here, but if you if you look around the the, the larger churches, they're hiring people that have a certain look, okay, and that have a you know they're 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 physically in shape and um you know and they dress or they you know a certain way. Um, I, I do think that part matters more at this point than it should. Okay. Um, I think years ago, to be honest with you, years ago, most pastors were overweight. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, almost every pastor was overweight. Um, And a lot of it has to do with just the sedentary job we have. You know, most of my time is spent sitting and studying, sitting and doing administrative work, sitting, right? There's a lot, you know, sitting and counseling. Even if I'm going to visit some people, right? I'm getting in my car, going over there, and then I'm going to sit with them as I visit. So there's, it's just, you know, if I meet with people for lunch, well, I'm meeting with them at lunch, you know, and more than likely they want to buy me food. And so they're mm-hmm. asking me to go to this restaurant. And now I'm eating th- this food that they're purchasing at this particular restaurant. And, and so just the, the nature of the job lends itself to that. Okay. But you, you've seen a major reversal in that as we've kind of moved into churches being online and streaming and, um, 
and right. having satellite campuses that are projecting and all that kind of stuff. There's been a major shift away from, you know, kind of what was pretty typical with an overweight bastard to, to now you've got these guys that are, you know, in the gym, you know, nine days a week and, and, uh, and, you know, that obviously are, are, are training well. And, and listen, I've got nothing against people that are in shape and train. I mean, God bless them. Um, and Lord knows I could used to get in shape, but not because I want to have a certain appearance as a pastor, but because I want to have health, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's one thing when you just want to be healthy and you, you know, like, and you should want to be healthy. Um, I think it's one thing if you want to be healthy and you want to be, or, you know, be healthy for yourself, be healthy for your spouse, be healthy for your kids. I think all those things are important. Um, but to think that you've got to look a certain way, appeal to a, a larger group of people, that, that's in church, in church. Mm-hmm. And that's weird, bro. <laughs> that's weird to me. Um, and again, I got nothing against being healthy. Go be healthy. You want to work out twice a day, seven days a week, go do it. If it's if that's the goal, right? You mm-hmm. like, or maybe you just enjoy working out, and that's your outlet. That's your place where you just release stress. And so I think that's maybe the motive matters. Okay. And I and but I do think, unfortunately, what you see is a lot of people kind of wanting that particular, or want their pastors to kind of have a look, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I think it's gotten into pastors heads a little bit of, Oh, I need to, I need to make sure I'm working out and da 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 da. not for health, not for stress relief, but just to keep up a certain particular image that they feel like their church wants them to have. Um, and I think that that in and of itself is unhealthy for both the pastor and for the, and, and for the congregation. So how many times a day do you on an average day, uh-huh. How many times do you think to yourself, oh, I'm a, pa- I'm a pastor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, wait, I'm a pastor. You know? Yeah. That never happens. I'm serious. <laughs> like, it doesn't ever happen. There's not like a point where I'm like, can't do that. I'm a pastor. I don't think that way. I really don't. And that makes, maybe no one believes me, but I really don't think that way. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm sorry. Okay, so do you ever get worried what people will think if you have a legitimate reason for not performing your mundane duties at as a pastor? Like you're answering your phones and counselings and meeting with dying people and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So do I worry if they're if they're so what are you labeling as like the mundane stuff, like the like the like the admin type stuff, like or? your you know your job description? If you yeah, yeah, can't yeah. perform your job description, then like for a legitimate reason, do you oh, do I you, see. Do you see. push yourself to power to, through? You know your oh yeah. your sickness so that you can do stuff just because you're a pastor and want to not y- yes okay yes. So like, uh, so I guess maybe make some distinctions. Okay. Um, will I power through a bunch of sickness or life circumstances or family challenges? Will I just, 
you know, overtax myself to ensure that all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed on admin type stuff. Mm -hmm. I won't do that. Okay. But will I push myself at times beyond probably what I should push myself to for the sake of visiting people or, or prepping for a sermon or even preaching while just being crazy sick? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and why do you do that? You know, interesting. The very first time I can remember doing that, I was a youth pastor, mm -hmm. and I was asked to speak on a. I was asked to speak on a Sunday morning, and i I had gone down to I'd gone down to my hometown, which is a few hours from here, and while there, gotten sick as a dog, like flu type stuff, mm -hmm. and just so sick. And I remember waking up that Sunday morning, forcing myself to get ready, drive four hours, show up at church by 11 so that I could preach. And because I just felt like I needed to do it. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to do it. And, um, and, and, and I, I did a lot. I've done a lot of that since. Um, and I think sometimes it's you just, you don't want to let, Maybe it's twofold a little bit, especially for preaching. I'll, I'll think about it from preaching aspect. From a preaching aspect, I like I just enjoy it, so I want to do it. But mm -hmm. then, secondly, sometimes I feel like I earlier on I don't as much now. Earlier on, I felt like I, I needed to, like if like it was my opportunity to. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and and then when I when I got really sick for several years with pancreatitis. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was pushing myself to the brink constantly, um, and preaching. I would preach sermons, and I, I mean, like five minutes before I'm going up there, like I don't even know if I can get up there. Um, there were times where I would be texting <laughs> our senior leader and be like, senior pastor, and be like, "Hey, I'm on my way. I'm going to be 30 minutes late to church, but I'm on my way." And the reason I was 30 minutes late at church is because, I mean, it was everything I could do to get up, get out of bed, and get ready. Mm -hmm. um, and then show up and preach and then go home and collapse afterwards. Um, so there were plenty of times I did that. Um, and plenty of times I'd go see people, like, just in pain. Mm -hmm. But dagnabbit, <laughs> I'll sit here and do that. And some of it's because you just don't want you don't want sickness or pain to stop you from doing things. Mm -hmm. But I also, I think, at times got into a habit of not caring for myself very well. Um, and that has really shifted where I do try to take care of myself better. I'm more sensitive to it if I'm not feeling well. Um, you know, saying, okay, I, I can't make it. You know, I do, I will say this, for Sunday mornings, I do try to do whatever I can to be here. Um, but the other things... I will let go a little more easily now than I used to. And I think some of that's just realizing I don't have to be someone's savior or a superhero or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm not, I can just own the fact that, Hey, I've got the flu or, Hey, my head is pounding and there is no way I can teach at Wednesday night tonight. So I'm going to need to pull out. Um, so those things, yeah, those 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 are kind of some things that yeah, have I pushed through? Yes, but do I feel like I'm getting better at it? 
Yes. When I had pancreatitis was probably when I worried the most of what people thought. Like, do you think people were thinking you were being not lazy. really that sick and being lazy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because of not understanding yeah. how much pain I actually was in. Because um, you don't know. Like, it's hard to describe to people, you know. Um, Can't people get their pancreas removed? Yeah, you can. You could have just done that. Come to church. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph. By the way, it'll remove several years of your life, but whatever. Um, and you're probably, gonna, and now you have diabetes. Great. Um, and so, um, but yeah, I, there were there were times people didn't quite understand it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't blame them. Like, but I shouldn't have let I shouldn't have let their, and I, and I think I did a fairly good job with it at times. Then other times I didn't. Like, if they were disappointed, like they were disappointed, and. And I, I didn't. Time to did again. Time to did okay with that. Time that didn't. Mm. Um, and I felt like I needed to earn or prove something to people. Um, and some people were just very upfront with, "Hey, you don't need to do this. We we know you're hurting. We're in pain. Right. Okay. Cool. But then there were others, and you felt like, now if I don't do this, I can tell they're going to be a little sideways with me. So I better do this. Um, better meet with them. I better make time for them. That kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, that um, yeah. So I hope that helps answer the question. Um, and but yeah, but I think it's a it's a value thing now. It's like, all right, what am I called to do? What do I really need to do? And what are the things that are really important that I need to make sure I'm there for? What's the worst thing that you've ever done in your role as a pastor? Um, I think the worst thing that I've ever done in my role as a pastor is being too controlling with other people. Okay. Toward other people. And I think we've even mentioned this in a previous episode, but when I was a younger pastor, I would have the tendency to almost like dictate to people things and just not recognize their own autonomy and their own free will, their own free choice. And 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 the reason that's so bothersome as a pastor is because Scripture actually tells us to not do that as pastors. Okay. Yeah, and so in 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter, Peter says this. He says, Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, not or sorry, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly. And this is the point where I'm getting to here. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And I think at times I used my role as a pastor to lord over others what they needed to do. Okay. Choices they needed to make. That you thought they needed to make. Mm-hmm, correct. Okay. And, um, and that's just, it, it's, it's something I try not to do or even get close to doing now. Like, did people gossip about you doing that? Not really. What, the reason I say it was so bad is because I feel like I really hurt people. I mean, cause it's in, in some ways, this was made going way back to an early episode of like, um, like almost like spiritual abuse a little bit, you know, okay. like I think right. it's one of the things that induces church hurt. Mm-hmm. 
is, you know, a pastor basically demands something of you, you do this, you know, and it's almost conveyed like, well, if you do, if, if you don't do this, if you don't do what the pastor is saying, you're not going to be blessed, right? You're, you're, or, or you're going to be out of the will of God. And, and so, and I mean, there's sometimes when you do have to like, when it's like a moral thing, right? Like when I'm telling someone, you know, if, if I'm giving a directive, stop having an affair, Right, that okay, yeah, I need to say that, but okay, but not, but so it's one thing if I'm telling someone to stop a sin that they're in, okay, it's a whole nother thing to dictate to people like life choices that they need to make for themselves. Okay, does that make sense? I want to make sure I'm making a distinction here, yeah, because there are times where I do have to tell people, hey, you can't do this. Or you should not do this mm-hmm. because it is you're in sin if you continue in it. But that's a big difference between when it's a clear cut sin versus Joseph believes that this is the better option or preference for you. Okay. You know, here's Joseph's opinion, but I'm conveying it as if you need to do this. Um, that's where I feel like I have hurt some people before by doing that. Okay, so I just asked you a bunch of questions about your pastoring and how people deal with that and how you deal with that and all that nonsense. So if I were to go to any other pastor and ask all of these same questions, what, how different or the same do you think their answers would be? Wow. I think you get a lot of different answers. Why? Uh, I think... Because I think that they would, everyone probably, like, if you go to a pastor and you were saying, all right, what is kind of the standard for a pastor? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, almost everyone's going to read the First Timothy 3 passage that okay. I read. Okay. Um, you know, reading that one or the one out of Titus. They're going to read that and say, hey, these are the qualifications of a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I think we'd all agree with that. But then I think from that point, things are going to begin to be different based largely on one's own church experience and the church culture they've been in. Okay. And so, for example, and even if you would ask me these questions several years ago, I probably would have been a little more... Several years ago, I was probably, I was probably more... Um, black and white that I am now. Okay. I tend to live a little more in the gray space. Um, and I know that makes people uncomfortable at times. People like to have, people like to just black and white. Here's the nice answer. Here's what you need to do or not do. And, and I, I tend to live a little more in the gray. I feel like that's, we view the pastor as the white and all of us are, trying to do that but we can never actually reach it and Mm. then at some point when we're growing up after all the hurt and Mm. and all the other what's the other one the church hurt and the abuse or the the deconstruction deconstruction yeah after all that we realize that our pastor actually has some black spots mixed up in there and then we go well what the (laughs) screw it (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. I don't I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, and so I, I think 
and, and I, I know people have confused my grayness a little bit with being, with moving away from, like, here's the thing. Like, I still stand on the Bible being inspired and inerrant. I still stand in a biblical orthodox doctrine. I still stand with traditional biblical sexual ethic. All those things are still true of me. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm willing to have conversations with people and willing to engage in a more nuanced discussion than just black and white, right or wrong kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, you know, like earlier, like when I was talking about like, the worst thing I can do is just, well, just stop doing that. Don't do this. Do make this decision instead. Okay. Well, but why, why were they even considering the other decision? Right. Like, and so I need to ask that question. If I don't ask the question and I'm just dictating to them what to do or dictating to them what I feel is right, then I'm not, even if, even if they're in, even if they're in morals, like obvious moral sin, I still need to ask them questions and not just simply shut them out. Because mm-hmm. if I just give a bunch of just like hardcore, like legalistic answers to things, even if they do go in line with me, they're probably going to resent it eventually. Right. And so, even if it was perfect, even if it was, their right, life is great. Right. And because they were forced in some ways, they felt like, or manipulated is probably a better word, mm-hmm. to to make a certain decision. Instead of asking the questions to help lead them there. And so I think that, and, and to hear people, and to hear people's heart, and to pe- hear people's hurt, and to hear people's tr- way of thinking. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'm a... I'm a I'm a passionate individual. I have I have really set con- I have convictions on things. I'm passionate about things, um, but I'm trying to be. I'm trying to not be so, um, not just dogmatic, but I guess I want to just be make sure I'm open to the conversation more mm-hmm. than just one. I guess maybe here's the thing. I don't want it to be just a one sided conversation. Okay. I want there to be a dialogue going on and not just a monologue. And I think sometimes pastors can fall into the trap of just giving monologues and we need to listen more um, to hear what's going on with people. Um, And it doesn't mean we ever excuse sin and it doesn't mean we ever excuse just people acting unlovingly toward others, Mm -hmm. but we, but we do need to know what's behind that and give them the opportunity to share that. Um, And so yeah, and so I, you know, and I guess I guess that's the kind of the biggest thing is you're going to hear a lot of different responses from different pastors depending on their upbringings, you okay. know, and depending on their church culture experience, and depending on maybe how secure they are in themselves. I guess maybe that's part of it too. I'm become a lot more secure in who I am as a believer and as a pastor, and so therefore, I'm really okay with more questions and. I'm okay with not knowing everything and I'm okay with not being in control of everything. I think that opens, opens you up to be honest with you, to be a, to be a better pastor. Has this podcast hurt your reputation as a pastor? <laughs> Has this podcast hurt my reputation as a pastor? Um, not also will these episodes about this topic 
Uh-huh. Now that they're out now, uh-huh. hurt your reputation as a pastor. <laughs> well, as far as these episodes here, we'll, we'll see. And so um, maybe, I don't know. Um, have these episodes hurt my reputation as a pastor in our own church body? No. Um, okay. And do I think, do I think that some church leaders may be uncomfortable with the, not only the line of questioning, but with my responses to the questioning? Yeah, I do think there are people who may think this isn't the wisest <laughs> decision to go on air and just say, you know, to really disclose all this, I guess. Um and I would, I guess, say in return that people need, more than ever, they need pastors who are willing to, to engage in conversation with them. You know, um, we hear the word transparency a lot. And I don't know if people are looking as much for transparency. I don't, I mean, I, I don't doubt that that's important. But I think they're just looking for genuine conversations with people, too. Um, and just are you willing to have a genuine conversation with people? And, and, and so I think that we have to give that space for conversations and willing to and willing to talk about difficult, hard things um, and uncomfortable things and and willing to say we don't have all the answers for everything. And I don't, maybe that bothers some people, but it, it I guess it's freeing for me. So I'm, I'm OK if I'm OK if some people are questioning, <laughs> questioning my decision to do this. Me, too. <laughs> Well, this has been the When I Heard This podcast. Um, Joseph, next week you will be able to see our faces on YouTube, Rumble, and I think Twitter. YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. All right. We'll be on Twitter because, oh, and Locals, I think, if anyone's on Locals. Uh, Okay. Locals is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. All right. I need to find out what this thing. Um, yeah. So we're, so we're going to be on video. We're going to be on video next week. Wow. Should I be terrified? Yeah. Okay. Good. Because that's the emotion I was feeling. Yeah. I was just making sure it was the right one. I'm not terrified. But I should definitely you be. You should be terrified. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Great. So comb your hair. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that I can't show up in pajamas anymore? <laughs> no. That gummit. No, I am saying that you can do that. No, no I can't. No, do yes. That. Yes, uh, no. Yeah. Which one is it? It's don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. How about my hat? E, no. 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 Because oh, you'll block all the light. I, know, I really like wearing a hat. No. I do though. No hats. I prefer hat. Cut your hair. Down low. Oh well. Alright. I better I better I better get a new look for next week then. Me too. <laughs> I'm gonna be a cowboy. <laughs> no, 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 an astronaut. <laughs> or Batman. Can I just answer every question with I am Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pastor Joseph, what do you think about masturbation? I'm Batman.
Hey, that's a good question. Child sex trafficking? I'm Batman. <laughs> Global warming? I'm Batman. Okay, well, this is great. Well, this has been the winner of this podcast. You can find the podcast on, on all the places that they have podcasts and on YouTube and Rumble. You can follow updates on the podcast at When I Heard This Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Go to Patreon, $5, click all the buttons around the things, like, subscribe, all the others, you know, I say them every time. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinsoff, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at RevJoT. This has been the One Heard This Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.